Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today in Science from Wired. Scientists map Yellowstone's plumbing with a helicopter. For the first time, scientists get a look at what's going on under the park's geysers. It may even help them better understand the origin of life on Earth. By Matt Simon. You probably know that Yellowstone National Park's iconic Old Faithful, which fires geysers up to 180 feet in the air, gets its kick from underlying magma that heats and propels water. You know that because scientists know that. By firing seismic waves into the ground and analyzing what bounces back, and by parsing the chemistry of Old Faithful's discharge, they can surmise that a magma chamber three miles deep is the engine driving Yellowstone's world-famous attractions. But what exactly all that water under tourists' feet, the hydrothermal plumbing system as scientists call it, is doing has so far been a mystery. We didn't have any pictures of the area between the surface and the magma at all, says Carol Finn, a research geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey. So although a lot of the geochemistry was known, no one's ever seen a picture of how does the water flow, where does it go, where does it mix. Now, thanks to an 80-foot diameter electromagnetic ring dangling underneath a helicopter, Finn and her colleagues have mapped the plumbing underneath Yellowstone's boisterous geysers. This is the biggest survey of any hydrothermal system that's been collected says Finn, lead author of a paper describing the work that was published in the journal Nature. That airborne loop generated an electromagnetic field, which in turn generated a current in the ground, which was then sensed by the loop. All these things together can tell us how well electricity is conducted in the ground. It's not conducted well with dry rocks, and it's conducted well with wet rocks or clays, says Finn. This allowed researchers to map the composition of the earth down to a mile and a half deep. Fresh, new volcanic rocks are very magnetic but will transform into clay in the presence of hot water and lose their magnetization. The reason that's important in those clays, those blue blobs that we see, are actually markers for upwelling hot water, says Finn. They're showing us in a general way where the hot water is coming from. The other thing that we can see is the chemistry of groundwater, says Finn. Cold water from rain or snow melt starts without salts or other minerals in it. But when it seeps down through the faults and gets heated deep in the earth, it gets injected with all those goodies, which changes its electromagnetic signature. We could actually tell the difference between the cold water, which is generally at the top of the system, and hot water, which is deeper, adds Finn. 
What we can see is how some of these faults actually bring water to the surface, Finn says. You can think of this complex hydrothermal plumbing as being like a city's infrastructure, with all the pipes carrying the water across the landscape. And it's important to understand how it works, because there's a lot of geological activity underneath Yellowstone. There's not that much concern right now that we're going to see a volcanic eruption from Yellowstone in our lifetimes. It's just not a system that's on that sort of edge, says Michael Poland, scientist in charge at the Yellowstone Volcano Observatory and a geophysicist at the U.S. Geological Survey who wasn't involved in the research. But the thing that a lot of people don't fully appreciate is that hydrothermal explosions, basically steam explosions, are also an important hazard. These happen about once a year, when steam builds up underground until the land above pops like a pimple, flinging rocks far and wide. Some 13,000 years ago, one of these explosions left a bay on the north side of Yellowstone Lake that's over a mile wide. It's the largest such explosion crater on the planet that we know of, says Poland. There can be some huge steam explosions in Yellowstone, so understanding more about these hot water circulation patterns is really important for understanding more about that kind of hazard. The map is also useful when considering geothermal energy, or using Earth's natural warmth to generate electricity, or heat homes. Extracting such energy is illegal within Yellowstone itself, but if it was tapped nearby in, say, Idaho, that might influence hydrothermal activity in the park. There are examples all over the world of geysers that have gone silent when geothermal energy has been tapped nearby, says Poland. But we don't know how the hydrothermal system in Idaho is connected to Yellowstone. So this sort of thing starts to give us some clues as to how the system works, how the system is interconnected. The geothermal industry already has a good idea of which active areas to exploit for energy. They use a method similar to the one from this study, only with instruments on the ground that image what's immediately below them. But for scientists trying to study swaths of geothermically active terrain, a helicopter gives a nice broad view. It's given a spectacularly comprehensive view of hydrothermal systems of this very famous volcanic region, and I hope that it motivates further studies in other systems that will probably be just as revealing, says University of Utah geophysicist Philip Wanamaker, who wasn't involved in the research. They're groundbreaking at that front. Understanding how Yellowstone's subterranean water mixes has also been a critical missing piece in the study of the many microbes that live in the park's 10,000 hot springs. Each spring has a unique chemistry based on the particular water bubbling into it, which has created some of the most biodiverse ecosystems on Earth. The hot springs are packed with species living not on photosynthesis from the sun above, but the chemical energy from below, similar to how bacteria live off sulfur on deep-sea hydrothermal vents. Previously, microbiologists could infer the underlying geology of a given hot spring based on the chemistry of its water, but this new research actually maps all that plumbing in unprecedented detail. The microbes want to come to dinner. They want to come to the table to eat. But who comes to dinner is dependent on what kind of food is being presented to them, says Montana State University geomicrobiologist Eric Boyd, who wasn't involved in the research. And that is all completely dependent on these subsurface fluid water rock interactions that are taking place, which Finn is able to image and provide perspective on. That's not only important for studying the life that's currently teeming in Yellowstone, but also for looking back in time for clues about how life emerged on Earth billions of years ago. If you're interested in asking the question, what would early forms of life be doing? Well, let's look at a contemporary chemosynthetic life in a hot spring in a hydrothermal system like Yellowstone, says Boyd. 
I think Carol Finn's work, which really illustrates how these mixing regimes can actually take place, is really paramount. And it also allows us to discover why such biodiversity can exist, be maintained, but also how it might have been generated on Earth. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.